Oh, okay, so hello? How's everybody doing? Okay, so obviously let me introduce myself before we go on. So my name is Wiley Smiley. So I'm obviously from the, I'm American, so I'm from the States. And um, yeah, just glad to be here. You know, I, I feel like I have something for you guys that God wants to say. And I think it's important that we wait on the Holy Spirit to give it to us, to wait on God's presence, to wait, just not rush all the time, even though I know our time is, we're limited with time. I do feel like God has got something for you. Before we start, I brought a couple books, not a couple, but four books, and I got one up here for free. So it's Seeing in the Spirit, and these books were donated to us, to our ministry. So my ministry, well, the ministry I'm part of, it's called Hearing God's Voice in the UK. And we teach on the principles of hearing God's voice. So there's four keys. There's, the first key is quiet yourself down. The second key is looking for Jesus as you pray or looking for vision as you pray. And then the third key is writing down, the, well, not, it's not writing down, but it's you receive spontaneous thoughts that light across your mind, impressions, feelings, and those things. And then the fourth key is writing down what God has given you. And I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to give you guys, or four people here, this book for free. So if anyone wants this book, I'm going to leave them up here, and you just come get them after the service. So anyway, be blessed. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, because we need to be able to see what God is saying to us. I'm a big believer. We need to be what, not only what God has called us to be, but we need to be, we need to be able to hear his voice, to understand what he's saying in this hour. And obviously today, God has asked me to come here. He's connected me with Sam. I've known Sam for a, a number of years. And the, the message that he's, he was telling me about, initially it was supposed to be God, racism, and equality. But on the 23rd of this month, the Lord Jesus appeared to me in a dream. And he started talking to me about one church. And what he said in the dream was that this church carries a spirit of revival, that you guys carry revival in your hearts. And I was like, wow, I was so surprised to hear that um, in a good way. And I felt like the message was going to change because I know what's going on in the world. I know so many things going on. But to have a heart, we need to have a heart for revival. We need to have a heart for Jesus in a fresh, new way. We need to have a heart for the Holy Spirit, and we need to have a heart for God the Father. We need a fresh move of the Spirit, and I believe today that God has got something for all of you guys. So with that being said, the Lord told me to invite the angelic realm into this room, into this place. So I prayed it earlier. I believe the angels are going to start speaking to some of you. They're going to start talking to, or touching some of you. So if that happens, don't panic, okay? Some of you are going to be able to see in the Spirit. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit opens your eyes so you can see in your ears so you can hear. So some of the manifestations that might happen, you might feel a little bit of a joy come over you. You might feel something touch on your body, a heat or anything like that. It's just the angels touching you. And I had a beautiful picture of the angelic realm a couple nights ago. And they were so excited about being released, their assignment to come here and to really touch you guys. Matter of fact, it was like different angels. So I had the Lord Jesus next to me in this visionary experience. And all of a sudden, the Lord was standing next to me. And then all of a sudden, he, his figure, like an impression of his body, 
like superimposed. And so what happened was I can actually walk into that area. So I did that as immediately as I walked into there. I saw angels as wide as my eye could see them. And I just, they were cheering. They were like, yeah, yeah. They were so excited about seeing, seeing me. And I was like, well, Lord, what's this about? And he just stood back. He said, go ahead and speak. And I couldn't speak anything. And some of the angels ran on the stage with us. And it was angels from older angels to little kid angels were there. And they were like, you know, it's like we're at this picture thing. And they're on the stage. And they're posing. The angels are doing this. They're doing thumbs up. They're smiling. They're doing peace signs. It was like. It was out of a movie, and cameras were like, click, 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 click. I was like, wow, and I got excited, and they were excited, and they were looking at me. One of the younger angels said, Do, are, you, are we really going to be able to come and join with you? Are you inviting us to come? And I said, yes, you can come, you can come, come, and I believe they're here, so I believe they're going to touch you. I think healing's going to come through them. The Holy Spirit is God. He's directing the whole operation. Let's remember the Holy Spirit is the CEO, the chief executive officer. We don't do anything without him. So don't be fooled. We need God to show up, particularly in what's going on in the world. So, so what, this is what God said to me. He says, tell my people, this is God the Father, that I'm the God of celebration. Yeah? The God of celebration. He wants you guys to start celebrating and so he gave me the scripture, and it's in Joel chapter 2, verse 21. And it says, do not fear, O land. And this is from the voice translation. Do not fear, O land. You have been revived. Celebrate and rejoice, for the eternal one has done great things. Joel chapter 2, verse 21. Our God has done great things. He, he wants to move on the land. And one of my assignments coming into probably the last couple of years is God has really moved me to be a, a, a prophetic teacher. And so I do a lot of teaching. And one of the things that I've seen around the, around the world is that we're in the middle of an awakening. God is moving powerfully all over the world. And we're starting to see all types of things. This is probably why you're starting to see un uncovering of corruption. People's voices are needing to be heard during the pandemic, doing all the race riots, doing all the things. I believe in the midst of all the darknesses out there, God is moving. He's letting Satan and his forces know, I'm the boss. Satan is not the boss. Men are not the boss. Jesus is the boss. God the Father is the boss. The Holy Spirit is the boss. You understand? So when all this stuff is said and done, it's time for the saints of the Most High God to get mobilized and get ready. God wants to use you. You can't, you have to be ready for it. You have to be ready for it. So today, I feel like God wants to get us ready. And I think the biggest thing that I'm getting from the Lord was this. He said to me that revival leads to great awakening. Get that in your heart. Revival leads to the great awakening. You got to be revived. We need a revival spirit. That's why I believe one church has that for the city. Once you guys get your hearts prepared for revival that God wants to bring, then you'll see the awakening even greater. So that's why it's encouraging that you're going out onto the, the, out there on the streets and taking church out there. We've got to be out there. Social distancing doesn't stop the plans and purposes of God. 
This is why we got to move in signs and wonders and miracles and the love of God. We were never supposed to shut our voices down. We were never not supposed to worship. That was a strategy of the enemy to shut the church up. But guess what? It's failed. It's failed. It can't, just because the governments and all these people say we got to be quiet because we might spread anything. I understand the virus is real. But let's believe this, that the power of Jesus Christ, his blood is even greater than any virus, than any sickness. We're supposed to be praying for people who are sick and they shall recover according to the scriptures, right? So I feel like God told me that. And so this is what he says. He says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. Isn't that something? And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires him, take the water of life freely. And so I believe that the Lord is going to release a spirit of revival through this church. He is raising up a bridal company that will carry his heart for intimacy and romance here. You guys are a bridal company. You guys are supposed to be, I believe the Lord's going to start cultivating your hearts for intimacy with Jesus, for a love relationship, not by works, but by relationship. And so this intimacy comes through communion, and it will draw you to the heart of the Godhead. This is what God really wants you to get. He wants you to start entering into communion. He wants you to be radically in love with him like you've never, never, never been before. Because that radical love that you give him, he already feels like that for you. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he died for us, because of that radical love. And so there's going to be a season where you guys are going to be entering into a real deep communion with God. So what does that mean moving forward? So it all starts with communion. And so in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We've got to learn how to have that spiritual relationship. We've gotten so caught up in works. We do works here. We help do this. We do that. We do this. But God's calling us to intimacy. See, that revival is going to spark that. Because, see, when revival comes, when the spirit of revival hits, all your gaze is going to be is on Jesus. Your whole gaze is going to be on the kingdom of God. And once you get your gaze on the kingdom of God, once you get your gaze on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he comes. The kingdom of God is in you. Dog, you got to look, look inside. It's already there. God wants to move radically on all of us, the fire of God, the purposes of God. Without revival, we can't transform the communities. Remember, God told us, told us to disciple the nations. You can't do that without the Spirit of God with you. You can't do that unless you're on fire for Christ. There's so many things you're going to encounter, so many mindsets out there. Look, we've been called to disciple nations, not the nations disciple us. When, what happened there? How did that flip? It's because we take our eyes off Jesus. We don't spend time with him. We don't spend time in his presence. And I believe God has something in store with you. And so when the Lord was speaking to me like that, he gave me this scripture as well. It's in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. He says, but the scripture says, no eye has ever seen, 
and no ear has ever heard, and it has never occurred to the human heart all the things God has prepared for those who love him. That's remember what I'm talking about, that communion, that intimacy. Once you step into there, right, you're going there, you're learning how to love, you're learning how to drink from the rivers, you're learning how to get into his presence. Once you enter those places, then says God has shown us these profound and startling realities through his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep mysteries of God. That's what happens when we step into a relationship. We're supposed to go deeper in Christ. We're supposed to have more encounters with him. We were never supposed to dry up. Are you kidding? We've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's why we got to get a reality of that Holy Spirit inside of us. We keep crying down, come, come down. No, look inside. He's inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. He wants to move radically on all of us. But we have to be surrendered vessels. we got to say, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm the one that's connected to the vine. I'm the branch connected to the vine. Without him, we could do nothing. And this is how we're going to, as we shift from revival and trans, into transformation, once we see it through revival's eyes into transformation, then you see things clearly. You see it from Jesus' eyes. You see his heart for it. You see what all heaven awaits for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming back. The, the nations, he is the desire. The Bible says he's the desire of the nations. God wants to impart that into your hearts. It's so important to get that. And so, as God was speaking to me about you guys, he wanted me to share my testimony about revival. So, I'm going to talk about an, a revival that really influenced me. So I became a Christian back in 2003. Even though I've been around Christian stuff, I gave my life to Christ in February 2003. And some good, some good friends of mine gave me a video series on the Brownsville revival. And watching those video series changed everything. It changed everything. It would be the catalyst that would shift me from the things of the world to the things of the kingdom. So what happened basically is I used to watch these videos and I used to watch these teachings that came with the videos. And one night the Holy Spirit dropped in my house and it scared me half to death because I've never been around anything like that before. I've never seen anything like that. All of a sudden a tangible presence come into my house. And all of a sudden I was about to start speaking in tongues and it spooked me out and I got up out the house. It was about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night and I ran out of the house I got in the car, I got in the car, I was, went, I was driving to work, because I was in the military at that time, and I started laughing, when I got in the car, I started laughing and crying, I, I was like, how am I laughing and crying at the same time, is what I thought to myself, anyway, I went to my job, emailed a friend, they thought I was crazy, came back to the house, and the Holy Spirit was there waiting for me, and I, the rest of the night, I just worshiped the Lord, next thing I know, I got up, went to work, all I could think about is Jesus, 24-7. All I wanted to do is get home and worshiping. And that's what happened. It lasted for like three weeks where I would go to work, come home about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then I would worship the Lord till about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Then I would repeat the same cycle for three weeks. No temptation on the planet could touch me. I mean, I was into drugs. I was into pornography. I was into high living. I was doing all, I was a bouncer. I was, I, I, women, I, that was, e it was easy. And all of a sudden, my desire for all that stuff just left. 
my heart issues. I went to work, and all of a sudden, I was always sort of angry, and just I was because I was a supervisor. I was always sort of a hard person to, to get close to. But spending that time with Jesus, my heart started softening. And then from there, I would like give my coworkers time off from work, and they were like, "What? What's wrong with you? What do you mean we can leave work early?" I said, "No, no, you go." Because, you know, the love of Jesus is there. You just let them go. Oh, go ahead. Do what you got to do. And they knew something had changed. And that change has been a catalyst on why I transitioned to where I'm at today. Because that revival, that encounter, that's what I'm talking about. When you step into revival, revival changes everything. I didn't have to do anything. The Spirit of God was hitting me so powerfully. I mean, he was just cutting off things instantly. And the reason why the Lord wanted me to share my testimony is this, because that revival that hit me, I believe God's going to do something similar to like that. It may be a little bit different, but what's going to happen is once you step into the revival atmosphere, into the awakening, then you're going to be able to deal with some hard issues that's going to come. And one of them is racism. You see, once all that started happening in my life, God started changing my heart. I had the Holy Spirit would start moving on repentance. It started having to forgive people for being angry and bitter, especially coming from the states, racism. Man, I ran into racism a lot in my life, but I also ran into some good people in my life. It wasn't always racism, but not only were people racist towards me, I was racist towards them. It's not nice when you don't have the love of God in your heart and you can't see through people to see the love of Jesus come through your eyes to touch somebody. Where you're always carrying hurts. You're always carrying pains. You're always trying to find out new strategies on how to walk politically correct. Yuck. I don't want to hear about politically correct. It doesn't work. But the power of the cross does. The power of Jesus does. How many more times are you going to take the knee? Take the knee. It's only one person you should be taking the knee for, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, every time a person takes the knee on that field, did you know they actually are taking the knee to Satan? It's just another strategy. He's a smart cookie, he is. That's why we need to be aware of his devices. Who you, came, who you think came up with the idea? He wants to be like God. According to Isaiah 14, 12, the five, the five I wills, who you think came up with that strategy? He did. God doesn't want you doing it that way. Revival changes all that because you're getting in the presence. And once you get into the presence, then you really do it the way Jesus wants you to do it. You know, as I was talking to God about this, and I can go more and more and more, but the thing that's on my heart is for you guys to really step into the plans and purposes of God. It's important to be able to step into those plans and purposes. And you have to have boldness in this hour to come against the culture. Because the culture wants you to do it this way, the culture wants you to do it this way, the culture wants you to do it that way. But we need to be finding out, Jesus, what, what are you saying? It's your church. We, we're under you, you're the head. We come under you. It's not about gimmicks anymore. It's about surrendering. 
See, we don't want to do that. Even in the church, we try to get, we, too, we try to play it too safe. We got too much fear of men. We fear men. We fear people's opinions. What are they going to think if we don't do it this way? Who cares? What does God care about? What is he saying? This is our time. It's up to us. You know, the, you know God gives the church a, a term. I love this term. You ever heard of the movie Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah? Guess what? The church is the real guardians of the galaxy. We're the ones that we rule and reign with Christ. We're joint heirs with him. That's who guards the galaxy. We're the one that when we pray, things happen. All the other religions are trying to do the same thing, but they don't have the power. They might have a little something here and there. Yeah, I'm not going to knock any darkness because it could happen, but you have the greater power. The blood of Jesus trumps anything that Satan can do. We have way more power than we think. We just forgot how to play the game. We forgot how to get into the game. We've been put on the sidelines, and God doesn't want us on the sidelines. That's why it's important to be out there reaching communities, touching people's lives, stepping into your, your God-given call, your anointing. As a matter of fact, I was telling Sam earlier that the age group that I think is very significant for this move of God will be probably people in the age bracket of between 50 and 80 years old. Why do I say that? Because usually we focus on a younger generation, right? When we do things, it's trying to reach the younger generation. But that generation of the 50-year-olds up to the 80-year-olds, even older, the reason why you're so important in this hour is because you carry life experiences that the younger generation don't have any yet. See, they can come on your shoulders and you can speak into their lives. You guys that are in your 50s all the way up to your 80s, 90s, you just need to get back in the presence of God and get recharged, refired. Quit let everybody try to put you out to the pastor. It doesn't work like that. That's not how the kingdom works. You're in this job for life. Sorry if you think you're going to be retiring and getting your pension. You're done with that. Look, the church needs you more than ever before. This is your time too. If anything has been said for that age group, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You are free who, be, who God has called you to be. No, you may not be up on, I hope you are come up here and preach. We need more people to preach like that, that can talk to people, younger groups, including myself. I'm blessed because the ministry I'm with, the, the, the husband, the couple that I'm under, uh, Margaret and Tony Cornell, they're in their late 70s, early 80s, and they're my mentors. And they speak life in me, to me all the time. There's a boldness. They trust God. They trust God. No, they ain't going to get it right all the time, but I thank God all the time for partnering with them. Ever since I partnered with them, the anointing has increased in my life. The freedom to, to explore what God has called me to be. And because of that, I can go and mentor others who are maybe younger than me because I've entered into a new freedom of Christ, a new boldness. I'm not worried about what other churches are saying about me. I, don't, I could care less. You ain't never got to invite me back. But I tell you what, I trust my God. 
You understand? So he's going to open the doors anyway. And if, they, if I never come into another church, I'll go on the streets. I lived on the streets for 11 years. I know what it is to move in prophetic evangelism. I know what it is to see drunk people get saved. I know what it is to minister to people, me and my wife and our son. We know what it is to deal with the broken. So to me, the church, this is new territory. Normally, I'm, we're not in the church. We always are outside the walls. That's where we lived. That's where all action's at. I love when we used to, in our ministry, we had a ministry to the homeless. We did prophetic evangelism for a number of years. Now we're doing something different. But we, we went on the streets all the time. We used to preach on the streets. We used to talk, tell people about Jesus. We used to have great conversations in Cambridge. Because that's where God is at. He's among the people. You have freedom. You are all in this room free to be who God has called you to be. And you can speak to anybody you want to. Don't, don't, don't. Jesus' heart is out there. But he loves his church as well. I think it's important that we get into this revival atmosphere. You know, I want to close with this because I'm aware of time. I had so many notes. You know, have, you know, you get all these notes and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit does something completely different. I wrote this thing. Uh, I think I probably land. I love what Bill Johnson says. You get the airplane, you just land it. And that's what I'm going to do. I want to land this airplane so you guys get it. But this is what God, in my opinion, has for us. He says, so he tells me God's answer. He says, my answer, God's answer to racism is revival into an awakening. That's my answer. Yeah? And let me say this. I wrote in my notes here about critical race theory and all that malarkey that's coming out, all that, that crazy stuff that's coming out. The Lord said, all critical race theory really is, is a strategy of Satan to bring division between families, communities, cities, and nations. That's what it's doing, ultimately. You can, we can't allow that to happen. Actually, I put in my side notes, I said, critical race theory versus Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Because Malachi 4, 5 through 6 talks about turning the hearts of the fathers back to their children and their children's hearts back to their fathers. See, that's what it's really about, stopping that. Because if they can sow into the young, that's what I'm saying, 50s and 80, you know, 50 through 80, you, we need you. Because the younger generation is getting stuff sold into them about because they're so angry. They carry such an orphan spirit. They need mothers and fathers to speak into them. That's what this is really about. God is calling mothers and fathers to speak into that generation and say, hold up a minute, this is not the way to go. And I'm going to be a part of that. Anything, I can bust Satan in the mouth. I'll, I'm part of it. I know my family is. We ain't letting him stop us. Jesus is too powerful, guys, to be thinking God doesn't have a plan for us. And so that's why it's very important. The Malachi, go meditate on Malachi and see what it says, because that's important. And so in Acts 26, 14 through 18, I just want to read this to you because this is what is really, I think, one of the really primary antidotes to dealing with racism, really. And so it says here, and when we had 
fallen to the ground. This is the Apostle Paul saying, speaking. I heard a voice speaking to me, saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which you have yet been revealed. And this is the verse I want you to really get a hold of. Verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. You got to be delivered from the culture to change it. If I try to, I come from a real pro-black culture, so for me, white people would have been the enemy. At least it would have been sown that. Yeah, granted, I had friends, but there's an inner working behind the scenes when the doors are closed. You know, we can play the game, but the reality of it, that anger and bitterness is sown into you. But you know what I learned from the Lord? Once you get delivered of the culture, then you can go back and bring the real word of the Lord because I'm not swayed by you. And it's the same thing for people living over here in the UK. You have a culture that holds you back. But God says you get delivered from that culture, then I can send you back in there. That's why it's, that's what revival does. It separates you. So that you can minister the way God wants you to minister to. That's important. This is what this is all about. It's about God taking, really taking his rightful place in the nations. And we have to have a heart for the nation. And that was important for me because when I started working with the homeless in Cambridge, I got to be honest with them, it wasn't too many blacks that were among the homeless. It was mostly whites and Eastern Europeans. And racism did come out from time to time when they spoke to me. But because I was free, it bounced right off, boom, it bounced right off me. Or I would tell them, hey, don't say that, and talk to them. Why? I didn't mean to call you colored. I'm like, we don't say that anymore. You can't even say that in the States. But if you see Jesus' heart, right, he takes that diamond that's in their heart and pulls it out so you can see that treasure. So then you can speak into their lives. I don't get hurt by that anymore. I'm free from that stuff. Why should I be stopped from doing that when God has something for us? My God. That, and really, this is what I feel is something that one church is carrying. Once God puts all the pieces together in this church, I, I, I believe he's assembling the right people for such a time as this here. Trust the process. Trust the process. The process is awesome. And I'll, I'll leave you on this. Just the thing that I love is learning how to live naturally supernatural. You've got to have an awareness of God in your life. You've got to be tuned to his presence. You've got to be attuned to his voice. 
You got to be able to see vision. That's why I brought those books so you can get acquainted. If I had more, I'd have brought more. Maybe we'll do a four keys to hearing God's voice here in the future. Learning how to hear his voice and dialogue with him, that's real prayer. Not us just praying and not hearing anything. Won't we spend some time and listen? You'd be surprised what he tells you. And man, I've seen him do some stuff this year that's been amazing. I'm going to end it there. So I'll tell you what. I'm hoping people will respond to God wanting to change you. Change your hearts. Getting your hearts ready for that harvest that's coming. It is coming, guys. It is coming. I think in this time where COVID has been going, and there's a lot of misinformation about it, a lot of stuff that's been dark, a lot of people have been struggling with depression, suicide, because they've been locked in, they haven't had anything to turn. Guess who they're going to start turning to? If we hear God's voice, we can position ourselves to be there when it's time, when all the things do open up. Even if they don't open up, we can take it out on the streets. I tell you what, people aren't going to be like, don't, I, I, no disrespect, I, the, young, the sister did this to me. Listen, we ain't doing that no more. Tell them, stop that, stop that, stop that. Hug them. The power of God is on you. You don't have anything to be afraid of. Greater is he that's in you that is against him that's in the world. You carry the power of God in your lives. It's time for us to step into that reality. So I'm going to open it up. For anyone who wants to come up here, or you can raise, you. if you want to stay in your seat, that's fine. But I feel like it's time for us to step into a greater anointing. I feel like it's time to allow God to change what we're doing. Get ready. God is going to do something fantastic here at One Church. You just got to be ready. Get ready. Jesus says the spirit of revival is in this place. Who am I to say it's not? Apparently, y'all, something in here is stirring his heart to bring that to, fruit, to a place, a manifestation. Anyway, anybody wants to come up for prayer? You guys come up. Because I feel like God wants to do some business. Don't be, listen, God is ready. He wants to touch. He wants to empower you. This is a new time, a new dawn.